welcome to Soul Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Mills Gray. A little dose of inspiration, high vibes, fun, and practical tips to help you level up your leadership, learn from others' success, and join us for a natter as I get to know what makes people tick and how they have embraced becoming a soul leader. So welcome, my next guest is called Victoria Roper and I'm going to introduce her and tell her, tell you guys a little bit about what she does and then we'll go into asking some questions. Um, so Victoria teaches and trains therapists and fitness professionals to work with clients seamlessly and confidently. So welcome Victoria, nice to see you here. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I would love to know a little bit about yourself. So I understand that you teach Pilates and fitness instructors, but explain a little bit kind of how did you get to that point? Where, where, where's your backstory? So I, I went to university to study sports therapy. So it's like physical therapy, but specializing in sports injuries. Um, and after that, went to a clinic to work very much manually and therapeutically hands-on with clients. Um, and it was at that point that I kind of no, started noticing that in the exercise rehab, which is what makes clients better long-term and stop their issues coming back, that was where I was semi-lacking. So... Um, my colleague and I at the time went and, and started um, exploring Pilates and we um, fast realized that Pilates was the way forward along with traditional exercise methods to fix clients. So I, I um, loved Pilates, um, went on to become a stop Pilates instructor trainer, which basically means that I train trainers to teach Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went on, I was living in Dubai at the time, and that went on in Dubai for quite a number of years. Um, and then two years ago, I moved back to London. Um, and that's where I took a big step back from the clinic side of things and focused on just training my own Pilates clients, but also really getting involved with teacher mentoring. Um, and that's kind of where I am now is I seem to attract mostly Pilates instructors who want a little bit more depth to their knowledge in terms of injuries and how to work with specific clients. Yeah. So is it an industry that once you're, uh, I guess, trained, you're out in the big wide world, there's not so much further training or, or is, is that where you sit right now? Yeah, well, I'd like to think that I can help in this kind of the area that I call no man's land between you finish a qualification. Now, that might be personal training, Pilates, and you have all this knowledge and then you're very much out on your own. I was quite lucky with my setting in the clinic because I was in a group with slightly older therapists. Some of them were osteopaths, some of them were physiotherapists, and I got very much taken under the wing of those older mentors so I was lucky but it's not like that for everybody and it can be a very lonely place and an overwhelming place um, just figuring out how to translate all the stuff you learn in your qualification to dealing with actual clients on a day-to-day basis Um, how to help people with injuries because let's face it people that come into you although they might not have an injury per se they might have a posture where they've been slumped over a desk all day and it you know they're not going to look like the picture in your training manual um and and how do you deal with that so yeah I'd like to think that I'm bridging the gap between finishing the qualification that whatever it is that you did 
and being really confident to treat any client really that walks through the door. I love that. That's so, that's really good. And, and you mentioned at the beginning that you, when you first started, you understood that Pilates is the thing, is the best thing to help fix you. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? <laughs> I think, I, okay, in a nutshell, and this is quite a generalization, it has to be said, um, Pilates generally teaches you the right muscle to use at the right time for the right movement. And I think we often, the human body can take the path of least resistance often, particularly when pain is involved, but even when it's not involved, and um, find new ways of doing things, different muscles that maybe become dominant, other ones that maybe switch off because of that dominance from the other muscles. Um, so Pilates really helps to kind of even you out and build stability, not only around your center, I don't really like using the word core, so I'm trying not to use it, um, but also the peripheral joints as well and builds this amazing balance between flexibility and stability of the joints. Um, and, and it's a great complement to other sports. So I'm not saying that Pilates is the be all and end all, but it's, uh, you know, I've, I train professional dancers, I train triathletes, and they've all seen real benefits in whichever sport they do since they started doing the Pilates once, twice a week, whatever it might be. And um, are you a fan of the mat Pilates or all the machinery, <laughs> which I've said it probably in completely the wrong way, but. No, that's fine. So yeah, there is, there's mat Pilates, but there's also equipment Pilates. You know, we've got the Cadillac or the trapeze as it's sometimes called, the chair, the uh, reformer um, and all the small pieces of equipment as well. Um, to be honest, I, I like everything for very different reasons. Since the world has been forced to go on Zoom, um, most people, let's be honest, don't have a reformer at home unless they're very lucky. <laughs> so we have been focusing more on mat with my clients that I train, um, maybe including something like a fitness circle or a flex band or a resistance band or small toning balls or small hand weights. But predominantly, we've been focusing on mats and actually people get really strong on the mat, which is, yeah. is nice to see. And so you told me um, off air that you started your biz in lockdown. So um, well done because, you know, I, I think with lockdown, you, you either can kind of, I don't know, get in a slump and not move forward or change that. And so what's been the hardest thing about um, starting your business during this time? What, what have you had to overcome? I think for me, I've had to overcome... I'm, and I only realized this when I've read the book, uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and it literally changed my life. It was like she was in my head. Um, I'm one of these people that I, I'm happy and I'm doing well. And then I'm quite, quite a cynical thing to say, but I'll go, oh, should something be going wrong sometime soon? Um, so I've had to really be okay with the fact that it's okay for your business to be going well, and it's okay for you to be happy. And if that lasts for a long time, surely that's a good thing. Um, so I've definitely had to overcome that. And I would say taking days off, which I'm sorry to say I didn't do much of um, before um, COVID. Um, I've had to, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it still, that's probably a stretch, but I become okay with it. So having that kind of rest and recuperate being part of your day to day or week yeah. by week 
Because before lockdown I and before COVID, I worked in London and London is a momentum. It's like you get on the hamster wheel or you get left behind. And it's even though I lived in quite a quiet area of London where I did find it easy to go and sit in the park with a book and relax, I didn't. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's you just end up running around like a complete moron and being exhausted at the end of each day and not really having much energy for, to, to do your free, kind of spend on your free time um so yeah it's it's something that now days off I spend reading and you know I'm not gonna lie I still get the odd thought of going you should be doing something shouldn't you um and then realizing that no actually it's a day off it's okay to literally sit and stare at a wall if that's what you want to do I think it's a really difficult balance between when you are an entrepreneur or driven enough to to start your own business um you're probably a bit of a an a personality type bit of a high achiever have a strong work ethic but i think to really succeed in life is to have that balanced with time time off time to not always be in hustle mode and i think that um that is almost for every every person i've spoken to who started their own business that's the biggest challenge is getting out of hustle mode and just knowing it's okay to relax um have you always wanted to work for yourself so you worked in london is that right were you working for somebody else or were you working for yourself then as well A little bit of both. So I was working for, although I'm a freelancer, I was working for studios. Okay. Um, I I had a few one-to-one clients of my own, but that obviously before with COVID, you know, you can't go to people's houses. Um, So that was very quickly put to bed. Um, I think when you ask this question off air and, and I had to think about it, I appreciate not working for myself in the past, probably before I was in London, because I had that kind of um, mentorship around me and that banter. But what answered my question to going, I need to work for myself and only be answerable to myself was having, I unfortunately got hit with a string of not nice bosses, um, quite manipulative um, emotionally and, and you know you were made to feel guilty if you weren't working 14 hours a day or you know if you if you had a different idea to the way that they wanted things done in their clinic and you even bought it up let alone do it it was frowned upon shall we say so I think from from quite an early stage in my career I wanted to work for myself but it wasn't really until the pandemic hit and I was given a swift kick up the backside that um I thought right it's now or never Mm. and I was gonna say to you but you've you've almost kind of as we've been talking I was gonna say do you think there's enough out there for entrepreneurs in your field to start on their own but then as I was thinking of that question that is actually what you're helping quite a lot of your clients do so you're you're bridging that gap was that because you realized actually there's not a huge amount of help out here for not just in your industry I'm sure it's it's in lots of different not just Pilates it might be as you said earlier you know PTing um so did you find that you were a little bit a lonely voice perhaps in a in a big wide world of working I don't know so 
I think there's a lot of, yes, there is, to answer your question, yes, there is enough work to go around with two conditions. <laughs> it, you're good, and, and good has kind of a few conditions within it, um, and you find your niche. So you don't try to be everything to everyone, and hands up, I've tried it and failed miserably. It just doesn't, you end up being the jack of all trades and the master of none. So you've got to, and what I try to get my um, mentorees or my students to do now is I say to them, right, so this week out of all the people that you're working with, who's your favorite client? Who, which session are you most looking forward to this week? Because that's going to be the client, that client profile, everything about them that you want to help. Hmm. Um, and, and they'll kind of pick out from that, oh, well, that lady that I really look forward to working with is for example, postnatal, and she's had some issues with pelvic floor, and we've really been working into that, and I've been helping her with her incontinence, or with, uh, with a prolapse, or something like, you know, that's just an example, so that's how we get people to specialize, and then they go off and do courses into postnatal pilates, and really hone in on where they want to focus their skills, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think there is enough work to go around if you're good, you're passionate, and you find that client that you love to work with and start to work with them. It doesn't mean to say you can never work with anyone else again, but if you're special, um, if you go specialized in your field, then I think it's way better. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true for so many, uh, I think so many entrepreneurs start out and want to just serve everybody. But actually, it makes it it makes it a harder journey. Yeah. Um, so, OK. Um, and in terms of like things that you might have known in hindsight, um, what would you have liked to have known before you started that you now know? Um, I think I would have gone for some sort of mentorship early on. Um, and it wasn't that I didn't know that, but I think emotionally I wasn't ready for that. So you and I have a person in common, the most amazing Lauren Arms. Um, and I first spoke to Lauren way back when, I think it was something like 20. Uh, 2014 2015 something like that yet I only started working with her in 2020 so I knew that I wanted to work with her but it wasn't until way later that I did and you know the only reason for it was that emotionally things were go things were going on in my personal life that weren't great and I just I couldn't pour from a cup that was half full mm. um so uh, you know I'm one of those people that I, I'm I'm incapable of compartmentalizing my life. I can't say, well, things aren't great in my personal life, but my business is going great. Uh, unfortunately, the two for me affect each other. Um, I, do you know what? I think that is quite true for a lot of people. I work with an energy healer and um, I got her to, she did a, a training with my team. And one of the team members said, you know, how do I differentiate my energy from everything that's going wrong at home to growing my business? And she was like, well, it's really, you can't, you, you know, it's very difficult to do that. So it's like, you've just got to find the things that might lift you and help you. And mentorship, I think is such a key. I think it's so, so 
and also the people you surround yourself. Often when you're part of a mentorship group, you will find like-minded people who are doing something similar. And I always think it's so much better to work together and collaborate rather than fighting for space and, and being feeling alone. Because I think sometimes with having your own business, unless you've already got like a set up team, it is quite a lonely journey. So tapping into that kind of um, collaborative space is, is so crucial. Definitely. Yeah. Mentorship and investing in yourself for sure are the top, top of the list. Yeah. And often we will invest in ourselves last or when we really have to. And then sometimes it's too late or not too late, but it's just, you've, you could have saved yourself a lot of time and, um, and, and money and heartache if you'd just taken that leap of faith a little bit earlier. Uh, I think as well with women tend to do everything for everybody and themselves last, both in terms of health and, and, and fitness and diet, but also in mental capacity. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fully on board with you with the same idea of having a mentor is, is really great. So, okay, I know we have the dreaded C word at the moment and we can't really be doing a huge amount of things, but what do you like doing when you're not working and building your business? Oh, you know what? And I can't wait for the day when we can travel again. I, I really like traveling um, and exploring uh, new cities. So for example, when I lived in London uh, and I was quite a newbie there, I would just kind of get on the tube and get off at a rant, probably wasn't the safest thing to be doing in hindsight, but get off at like a random stop that I hadn't been to before and explore that area, um, stop off for a coffee, go into different shops. And it was, you know, explore different parks. So I love that. Um, I really enjoyed dancing as well. Um, not sure if that makes me sound super old. Um, uh, you know, like Latin and ballroom stuff. Um, oh cool like as in almost like professional dancing like as not professional I don't mean that in the sense that you have to be a professional I just mean not just whacking on the radio and having a boogie you actually mean like lessons and kind of doing yeah. it properly well again when I moved to London I didn't really know anybody and I I'm not a big drinker so I thought oh god how am I going to meet people and there was one of the um Karen Hardy one of the professionals from Strictly opened a studio where you got basically given a, a professional dancer not to take home just to have for the hour. <laughs> shame um, <laughs> highlighted um and I I signed up for that and I just I enjoyed it it was so therapeutic because I just didn't think about anything else for for the hour that I was there and I, I left on such a high so you know in my head I've won Strictly Come Dancing um, <laughs> totally reality, not so much yeah. <laughs> I love that I um I I don't actually know any of my friends who've done it but we all love Strictly like uh, a lot of my friends we all love it and my kids love it and I I, I think there's nothing better than seeing someone able to dance like properly it's beautiful um and I, I often think, oh, I'm sure I'd be quite good if I went on. And then I'm like, oh, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> and it's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. It's not as easy, definitely, as the professionals make it look. But at even the celebrities that go on there make it look so, so easy. Mm. And it's really not. Apart from Anne Whittacombe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's always an exception. Bless her. No, bless her. <laughs> you know, at least she got into the spirit of it. <laughs> 
Um, and who's inspired you in your life? And and I usually say uh, famous people, but so many it's difficult. I don't I don't mean like you know a famous person that you might I don't know some you know they don't need to be mega famous. They could be an author. They could be they could be your grandparents. But it's more fun if I can hear from somebody that someone else might get value from if they don't know them. So who's that person? I really struggled with this one um, because. <laughs> I went through famous people and yet there are people that inspire me and I look up to, but I think the people that inspire me most are, I know it's going to sound really cheesy and really cliche, but are my family and my friends and most of all my mentors who, you know, I'll call and go, Hey, can we sit down and have a session? I really need to chat or I really need like more professional session with you. And they've been those people that have pretty much been part of my life um, to certain degrees you know for 10 plus years who I still look up to even now okay give me a book title then <laughs> definitely the one I mentioned earlier so the big leap the big leap by Gay Hendricks okay yeah. absolutely, absolutely life-changing yeah yeah it's a good one. I read it years ago. I need to reread it. Probably I read it about four years ago and I keep, it's funny how little synchronicities keep happening, but for the past three weeks, it's come up. I can't tell you how many times. And I was like, Mills, I think I need to re-download it because it's being put in my face like constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's quite scary how we, although you may not recognize it at the time, you just stand in your own way. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, for me to say that is huge because I'm not a reader. Like the only thing I ever read cover to cover before working with Lauren was the Hello magazine. So <laughs> I'm not a reader. <laughs> a page flicker. Um, <laughs> what advice do you have for any female entrepreneurs? Um, make, don't be a spare part. Be a driver because I spent years being a spare part and being very dependent on others. Um, and, and that stopped me from reaching my full potential, full, full, my full potential and, and building a life for myself that I wanted, whether it be in business, my personal life, whatever, whatever kind of aspect it was in. Um, and I think that's so important for women because otherwise you become a bit resentful kind of down the road that you are not the driver of your own life. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to be that person. Mm. Yeah, no, good advice. Don't, don't sit on the sidelines. Exactly. Out. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to belief. Can I do this? Is this something that I can do? And I think women would be unstoppable if they believed in themselves more. Um, that's always my mission. I call myself a belief breather. I just want people to really understand that you can do anything you put your mind to. You have to believe it first. Yeah. Um, and, and I think women as well have been almost pre-programmed to, it's almost like they, you know, you can have everything. So you can have a, a career, you can have children, you can have the whole nine yards, but we can't mistake that as in you have to do everything. <laughs> because you can't you need to delegate right or you need someone on side to help you with those things so yeah it's not mistaking that you can have everything for you have to do everything yeah absolutely very good point point. and so once lockdown is finally over 
what are your plans for your business? I, you know, it's been great because I've had to pivot my entire business to be online. So I definitely want to keep going with that and keep growing. It's grown already um, in a relatively short space of time. So I want to be um, doing more group programs. Um, I had always kind of had a negative connotation towards uh, group programming, thinking that it might not be as good, but actually completely opposite. You know, as I found being a participant in a group program, it's great. You're all inspiring each other. You're all in the same boat. Um, equally, the participants who are in my group coaching program love it. They all chit chat, you know, on WhatsApp and plan Zoom meetings of their own. Um, and there's a real social aspect to it as well. So I definitely would like to grow my group coaching. I think I'll keep a lot of that online because I can access way more people all around the world. Um, I would, I not only for personal, but definitely for work too, will be traveling a little bit more and doing some collaborations with some studios um, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Abu Dhabi. So lots of stuff on the cards. Um, and as soon as we can travel, I'm gonna be on an airplane. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> There's potential I will not be returning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So thank you so much. Where can people find you? What's the best platform? Um, so my website is victoriaroper.com. So just my name.com. Um, or my Instagram handle is victoria double underscore roper. Um, and that's, you know, you can message me via either of those platforms. And I normally get back to you in a couple of days, um, hopefully sooner. Um, yeah, so that's the easiest way. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor to chat to you and find out more about your business and just a empowering female and helping those in your niche. It's excellent. So um, good luck with all the rest of your, you know, the, your future plans for it. I'm excited to watch. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much. And please do subscribe and share Soul Leaders.